Hello, SPC listeners. I thought I would take one more episode and make sure you knew we finally made it to Sholo the next morning. This episode, episode 58, Fly High to Sholo, will document our flight to Sholo the morning after our diversion to Payson the night before. Hope you enjoy. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango, so Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu and uh, we'd like a south departure, please. So if you didn't catch the last episode, you might want to start there with episode 57, as this is the flight right after that to finally get us to Sholo, as we had to divert to Payson on our way to our destination due to thunderstorms. If that flight was all about getting me experience in aeronautical decision-making, this one was a grateful nod to aviation. Also, sorry for being a day late on this one. I was camping near Sholo, actually, this past holiday weekend, and didn't have internet access, so had to post a day later than usual. So for those of my listeners in the U.S., happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day, and we'll get back on schedule. Also, a housekeeping note, I just noticed today that my episode 56 which was part two of my Oshkosh out and in episodes was published with the audio for part one, the same audio as episode 55. Sorry about that. I've replaced the published audio. So you should see an episode 56 updated audio post in its place, which should have the correct episode. Sorry about the likely confusion on that one. Please let me know if there are still problems with that or anything else for that matter. Okay, so back to the flying. We woke up to a beautiful mid-August morning in Payson, and we grabbed a ride to the airport to get ready to make our way to Sholo in the Arizona high country. We'll start off here just before takeoff, where I transmit on the CTAF, and then eventually contact Prescott Radio to open my VFR flight plan after our departure. During the takeoff, Crystal notices people that have airplanes in their driveways, or more accurately, on aprons from their hangers. And then I put in a little plug that it appeared there were vacant lots down there we could consider. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So yeah, Payson has an air park at the west end of the runway, and that's what she was looking at. I also noted for Crystal, and it can be instructional for some of you too, the reason why we repeat the names of the airports when reporting on CTAF frequencies. Here we were in Payson, and we were hearing transmissions from a jump plane all the way from Buckeye. Payson is quite a ways from Phoenix, and then Buckeye is all the way across the Phoenix Valley on the other side. It's probably close to 100 miles away. It helped that the jump plane was at 12,000 feet, but nonetheless, he was near Buckeye, which is a very long way from where we were, and we could hear him. And it happened to have the same CTAF frequency, at least at that time. Anyway, after I got my flight plan opened, you'll hear me encapsulate exactly how I was feeling in one phrase. Here you go. Okay, you see anybody coming in? Oh, not that I can see. Should I close my door? Yeah, close your door. Close my window. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's not closed. Okay. 
probably have to pull it in a little. There we go. Pacing traffic, uh, Cherokee 044 is taking 24 for a right downwind departure to the east. Pace. Okay, we're rolling. Engine instruments are in the green. We've got airspeed. Alright, we can still board. We're at 50. 55. Rotate. And we're off. <clears throat> bye bye, Payson. There are a few planes here now. This is an air park, looks like. Pacing traffic, Cherokee 044 is making a right crosswind for a right downwind departure to the east. Pacing. Hey, there's lots for more homes. Traffic, so we have a 65 at Romeo, departing runway to full for a west departure, basin. frequency for a few minutes in case anybody's coming in. Look at these hills. Oh, it's just gorgeous. I'm going to dial in 122.3. Oh. And I want to go 12,000 or below for at least a minute. 
see why you have to repeat the name of the airport you're at? That was a guy talking on Buckeye on the other side of Phoenix. Because when you're up in the air like this, your transmissions go a long ways. Okay, direct. I saw 182. Direct. I'll do that. Okay. You too. S. O. Traffic calling 6 taxi. Okay, switch over. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 82044, over. Prescott Radio, go ahead. Prescott Radio, uh, Cherokee 82044. We'd like to activate our flight plan uh, as of 1628 Zulu. Cherokee 044, uh, two flight plans on file. Where are you departing from? We are departing from uh, Payson, going to Sholo. Flight plan is activated. No advisory for adverse conditions across the route. Mom to the pace and ASOS. 119.325 for current altimeter. We'll check the density altitude. Have a good day. All right. Thanks for the help. 044. Can you believe I learned to do all of this in like four months? No. <laughs> yeah, so that about sums it up. First of all, I was thinking, can you believe I learned to do this? And what I didn't say at the time, but implied was, can you believe not only did I learn to do this, but that both the FAA and the airplane owner is allowing me to do this. It was crazy to me and apparently to Crystal too. And frankly, it still is. What a blessing that we get to fly planes whenever and wherever, essentially, that we want to. Pinch me, I must be dreaming. Think about it. About four and a half months before this flight, I was just some guy hoping and wishing he could be a pilot someday. I took the challenge, I worked hard, paid a fistful of money, and here I was just a few months later, flying with my wife to some place we wanted to go, to cooler weather and pine tree vistas. Seriously, I sometimes thought I must have been dreaming. Here's the thing. There is nothing special about me other than I just kept working at it. You can do it too. So if you've been thinking about it and haven't started yet, remember that. I had my ups and downs like everyone else, and many of them I documented here. 
I had plateaus in skills and concepts, but like others before me and many after me, I just kept working and I made it through. So many people give up. All I can say is don't. If you want it, you can get there. Don't give up. Embrace difficulty and challenges. Get the help you need and know that you're not alone in your struggles. We've all been there and we all have more struggles to come for sure. Anyway, I laughed out loud when I heard myself say that to Crystal while I was preparing this episode because it basically summed up very concisely how I felt. I couldn't believe it, but it was awesome. I had made some decisions the night before to come back to Payson for safety reasons. We luckily found a place to stay, and here we were just finishing our journey the next day at our own pace. Just wow. Anyway, on with the flight. We noticed some smoke coming from a little community on the rim called Forest Lakes, and then I talked about some of the clouds and rain I was seeing off in the distance. You'll hear some other conversations where I'm explaining some of the concepts of aviation and even navigation to Crystal. I also explained a bit about the autopilot and differences in flying the way I was, VFR, and flying in IMC. Eventually, you'll hear me grab the automated weather from the radio and notice the beautiful 23 degrees Celsius we were headed towards. That's about 73 degrees Fahrenheit, and after all, that's why we were headed there. There's either some smoke coming from over there or some like low fog cloud. See the white misty? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fire, right? See down in that little community, which is uh, Forest Lakes or Diamond Point. Huh. It's right down there by the houses. Yeah, we're about right here. It might be just somebody doing a controlled burn or. See, there's a big, there's a big thunderstorm system up north. See that? Mm-hmm. Way up. I mean, it's a long ways away. It's like 60 miles away or more. See it? You can see the rain coming down. Oh yeah. In streaks. Those aren't. It's not a super strong thunderstorm system. It's a, it's a rain system. Those are nimbus clouds. But uh, if it were a big thunderstorm, you'd see the vertical clouds building way, way up. But since that's more flat, it's more like a stratonimbus. It's much less dangerous. You could probably fly through that. But see how these clouds are starting to lift up out in front of us? See how they build upward? And if you look over here, same thing. They start to build upwards. That's the lifting action from the heat on the ground or from the mountains. So the, the air is actually lifting. And uh, with the moist, unstable air and the lifting action, um, you uh, that's how thunderstorms are built. <laughs> See the lakes out there? That's this right here. This is our path. That pits a line I drew in. It's uh, due east, basically. Flying over a little community down below us. I'm gonna put a little X where we're at here. 
We're back at 9,500 feet, which is our cruising altitude. At about 20 minutes, so we're in show low. Should be coming up on a big ranch over here on our left. That must be it. Oops, I'm sorry. Can't see over the dash. <laughs> On the way home, remind me to, there's a book in the back that has all the paperwork for the for the uh, plane. It's about that thick. Put that down, sit on that. Haven't seen another plane since we left Jason. Yeah, there's the ranch. You'll be able to see it when we get more of the... What's that parking lot over there? Yeah, there's a big parking lot, but then there's a... A big green clearing here. Oh yeah, I see it. We're traveling at about over the ground at about 115 knots right now. <clears throat> what does that mean? Uh, it's about 120. I'd say 128 miles an hour, somewhere around there. So we're really flying. If you look down close to us, you can get a, a, a sort of an idea of how fast we're going. If you look out and see the trees kind of going by, it's hard to tell when you're at altitude. Obviously, everything's far away, so it looks like you're going slower than you are. But our nose is pointed directly at Sholo which is one of the reasons it takes so much less time in an airplane than anything else. Because we can go in straight lines. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the GPS has really helped out with that a lot. Uh, before GPSs from the Loran were uh, common in airplanes, you either had to fly VORs, which are radio navigation aids that are on the ground, and they have radials going out, uh, or you had to fly by pilotage, which means you you know find ground references on the ground. You could use dead rec a combination, like dead reckoning and pilotage, to try and get generally in the right direction, knowing trying to figure out what the winds are and everything. Uh, but you basically had to keep your finger on the chart like this and go, okay, there's the ranch, okay, so I know where we're at, okay, no, let's, let's set over, you know what I mean? With the GPS, you say, I want to go direct to Sholo, and it uh, gives you a little, nice little line there. <laughs> Fly this way. <laughs> How do you put it on autopilot? On autopilot is down here. I set a heading right here, and I put it on autopilot. This is kind of a crappy autopilot. This is actually the first time I've ever used an autopilot. Most of the planes I've flown, the autopilots didn't work or they didn't have them. Um, autopilot is absolutely essential if you're going to have a go, go places airplane, you know. And if, and if you're flying IFR with one pilot in actual IFR conditions, it, it's invaluable. Flying IFR keeps you a lot more busy. 
We're now going 121 knots. We're getting some lifting action here. So the bit of turbulence that we're getting is probably caused mostly by these mountains. But you can see that the lifting action from the mountains is causing some clouds to develop right here. So clouds don't just form and move around. They actually are constantly forming and dissipating. As the air gets saturated with moisture, it has nowhere to go the extra moisture, so it becomes a cloud as water vapor. So there's moisture in all of the air, right? But as you go higher, the air gets colder and can hold less moisture. So as air lifts up, it goes up to a certain point. You see how the clouds have a, a, a definite base? That's the exact point where the temperature got to a point where it couldn't hold any more water, and it came out as a cloud. So those clouds are constantly dissipating and, and creating, and that's why they're so dynamic, because they're kind of building and going away at the same time all the time. Kind of interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. All right, we're just about 14 miles out, or I'm sorry, 14 minutes out. Oh yeah, look at that cloud building right there. See it spiraling and building upward? See how tall it gets? Yeah. And you can see it, you can see it spinning. That's pretty nasty over there. And like I said, it's probably happening from the wind and the terrain. You know, it's the terrain's coming up and it's kind of making the, the air go like this and spin and... Temperature 2, 3 Celsius, 2.11 Celsius, altimeter 3027 inches of mercury. Remarks, density altitude 8,400 feet. Effective until further notice. Taxiway B, centerline markings obscured. Automated weather observation one seven zero zero Zulu weather. Wind calm. Visibility more than one zero. Sky condition clear below one two thousand feet. Temperature two three Celsius. Two point one one Celsius. Altimeter three zero two seven inches of mercury. Remarks. Density altitude eight thousand four hundred feet. Effective until further notice. Taxiway B, centerline markings obscured. We're getting kind of wobbly. Yeah, terrain. I'm also starting to descend because we're getting ready to land in about 12 minutes. It's funny because you don't really see anything out there, huh? Well, I can't see anything, period. Oh. No. So it was a little bit off to the left. Oh, see Shallow out ahead of us? The Shallow area? I think so. Way out there. About 17 miles.
<clears throat> Probably going to get just a little bit more bumpy as we head over this ridge. But then it should smooth out. Said it's just going to get bumpy around this ridge. There's nothing to worry about. This is light turbulence. Got shallow on the left? Uh, no. It's more out there. See the town area? Uh, you probably can't see much, huh? What we're passing right here is Linden. Right here. It's Linden, Arizona. So as we approached the airport area, I made a few rookie mistakes. I was a rookie after all, and I was learning a ton on every flight. This is another plug to record your flights, as some of these mistakes I might not have even realized I had made unless I was able to listen to it later. And I usually did this, by the way, when commuting to work or doing something else. So I have listened to most of my flights multiple times. I find these recordings to be very instructive and let me learn more from my flights than I would otherwise. So here were the mistakes. First, you might have heard another aircraft on the CTAF mentioning runway 24. That should have clued me in to what other pilots were using at the time. Over near Phoenix, even at uncontrolled and more rural airports, there always seemed to be some traffic that I could take cues from on which runway was in use and, and so on. And when winds are calm, that's harder to discern. And the winds were calm this day. There wasn't much traffic here the day we arrived, but there was that one taxi call, I think, who mentioned 2-4, but I must not have noticed it when I was in the cockpit. I had my w wife read the AFD entry for Sholo to see if it mentioned a calm wind preferred runway, but it didn't. Incidentally, it's pretty funny to hear a non-aviator read the AFD, so you're welcome. As a result, on my first CTAF call, I realized now that I neglected to say which runway I was planning on landing on something I should have done to let the other pilots know what I was planning. I probably left this off because I didn't know yet. I eventually chose runway 6, and while making my CTAF calls, no other pilots were announcing any positions or intentions, so I continued to runway 6. By the way, since that time, Sholo Regional has changed the runways to 7 and 2-5 for the main long runway, and 4 and 2-2 for the almost intersecting runway in case you're looking it up. That crazy magnetic north is always moving, after all. Then, while announcing my position and intentions later, I announced that we would be making left traffic on a 45 entry to downwind for runway 6. Then I announced that we were on the 45 for a left downwind. And then, when we were on the downwind, I said it was a right downwind. And then later, 
Again, I said left traffic. I was actually making left traffic, but for whatever reason, I announced right on one of those calls. If there had been other aircraft operating there at the time, this could have been pretty confusing. But since there weren't, I got no questions and probably would have not, I probably would have never even known I had made a mistake if I didn't record and then listen to my flights. Anyway, I got her down nicely. And when I went to get a compliment for the landing from my wife, she just gave me the old pilot line for a good landing. It was pretty funny. We'll take it all the way to the ramp on this segment. Cholo traffic at Cherokee 044 is 10 miles east. We're inbound for a full stop. Cholo. coming this way. So as we go over this ridge, the turbulence gets worse on the uh, leeward side of the of the ridge. So it's nothing to worry about. It just gets a little bumpy and no big deal. That's caused by the mountains. Okay, I see the airport right off the nose. Okay, now that we're starting to descend, you probably can see over a little better. You see the airport out in front of us? Uh, I don't know. I think so. There's two runways. Yeah, I think I okay, see. Okay, will you pull up Sholo there and read me all the notes again? It's way in the front. There we go. Just all these airport remar remarks right here. Just read it all. Attended April through September 1300 to 0300Z. October through March 1300 to 0200Z. Self-service fuel available 24-7. Military TFC IMVOF ARPT. You can skip all that. Simultaneous ops, runway 21 and runway 24 prohibited. Our runways at our WY. Yeah, yep. 06 through 24 and runway 03 to 21. Not connected by pavement at AER 21. Overnight transient fees and commercial whatever lodging fees apply. Activate MIRL runway 0624. Okay. That's good enough. Three and 24. Okay. Sholo traffic, Cherokee 044, is four miles east. Uh, we are inbound for full stop on runway 6. We're going to make a uh, loop around and make a 45 to the left downwind for runway 6, Sholo. The fire. Yeah. You see the airport now, right? It's right there. It's really close. 
see these buildings right here? Just go right beyond the buildings. You can see the runway. Uh, yeah, I guess. See any planes flying around? I don't. Yeah, I could have just gone straight in, but it's safer to kind of come around and check it out, stay out of everybody's way in case there's there's airplanes, but I don't see anything. I'm still not sure I see the runway. Really? Right off the wing. That All those buildings are the airport buildings, and the runway is going this way, and there's oh, another okay, one on the other yeah, side. It. it takes a, actually a little practice sometimes to find runways. Hello, traffic, church 044 is on a uh, 45 for left downwind for runway 6, full stop, show off. Okay. Four landing checklist, boost pump on, mixture rich, fuel selector, fullest tank, car seat seatbelts, you got your seatbelts on? Yep. Okay. There's a bird above us. Show <laughs> of traffic, Jerky 044 is on a right downwind for runway 6. Full stop, show well. This is the town. <gasps> it's okay. We're just making some turns here to get lined up for the runway. We're gonna totally we're, lost again. <laughs> we're gonna make one more. And then we'll be on final. Oh, I see it. <laughs> really? This part's supposed to be fun. All right. Shallow traffic, Cherokee 044 is on short final runway 6, full stop, show. You can walk away from this good one. <laughs> Fire over there. Yep. 
over there yeah there's a commercial uh, uh, Great Lakes Airlines flies in here I don't actually know where to go welcome to Shallow is that transient parking right there must be Look for airplanes It's not a fire, it's a yeah, smokestack. Down fee required. First night's free, though. I called. Park. So one last thing for this flight. Once I got on the ramp area, I realized I didn't know where overnight parking was. So I called the Unicom or FBO frequency to get some help. Here's that exchange and the shutdown. Shalo Unicom, Cherokee 0440, copy. 044, Shalo, go ahead. Uh, we just pulled in to what we think is uh, transient parking, but we're not sure. Is it over by the Phillips 66 sign? Are you planning on staying the night? Uh, we are going to spend one night. Uh, you can park up here if you'd like, or if you prefer to chain it down, I can direct you to the center ramp. Uh, that'd be great. Where do I go? Just turn around here? Yeah, do a 180 and get back on Alpha 4. Hang right, go past the beacon. You'll see all the aircraft chained down on your right. Any spot not marked reserved is fair game. Okay, copy that. And uh, I guess we'll be able to find the uh, FBO from there. Yeah, there's a couple of walkthrough gates on either side of this first hangar, right behind the terminal here. Just walk through and come over to this building with the green ref. All right, we'll do it. Thank you. There's the beacon. This is the center ramp right here. Firefighter, White Mountain Firefighters Air Base. Oh, you can open your door, sweetie. Get some air flow through here. Just nudge it open with your knee or... Yeah, there you go. All of these are... Oh, I feel so good. <laughs> oh, it looks like we'll be out here against the grass. You know, all of these look reserved. So we made it, probably about 12 hours or so late, but there we were, safe and sound, and our friends came to pick us up. I even gave a flight to one of those friends who was interested to see what it was like, so that was fun too. What a great experience this trip was. The first attempt for the learning, 
and the second successful one for the amazing flight, but also with some additional learning. As I said, I learned something on every flight. It was super nice to be up in the high country for the cool weather and the nature, but getting there by GA was the real draw for me on this one. I got to experience two new airports to me and learn a few things from those from from those new airports as well. Incidentally, a few summers later, I would race a rainstorm to to Sholo Airport from the other direction on my way back from Oshkosh for my final refueling stop on the trip. And I would also come back with a coworker another time for another weekend cabin stay. There might have been other trips to Sholo too, but this was my first, and it was my first trip with my awesome wife. She was a trooper, not only for supporting my crazy passion for flying, but for jumping in a plane with me four and a half months after my intro flight. I was hoping I was showing her that I could be trusted to make good decisions and was conscientious about my passenger's comfort and safety. That's how I want all of my passengers to think of me, so that's what I strive to do all the time. Lucky for me, most passengers don't realize all the little mistakes I make, so I get to learn from them without startling my friends and family. That's a good thing. So thanks again for those of you who've reached out to me lately. Please keep it coming. I love hearing your stories of first solos and finishing training and all of your flying dreams. If you want to contact me, my email address is bill at studentpilotcast.com. Or you can reach out to me on the website contact form at studentpilotcast.com. On Twitter, I'm at Bill Will. That's Bravo India Lima Lima, Whiskey India Lima. As I said at the beginning of this episode, this flight was a grateful nod to aviation. I've had many of those since. I really am grateful that I got to do this and that my dreams of flying were being realized one flight at a time. Crystal and I were both in awe of the possibilities, the adventure, and the fact that I could actually do it. She knew me too well, I guess, and if even I could do it, that was sort of amazing. All kidding aside, it was super cool. I was seriously a pilot, and I could scarcely believe it. Music for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the podcast feeds on the web at studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and for me alone in the situation I was in at the time. Please do not try to blindly apply anything you see or hear in this podcast to your own flying without thinking it through on your own completely. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.